at the intersection of faith and fear where every single week we discuss what scares us in order to find what saves us this is the fear of god i feel like i'm just really getting into that radio dj kind of vibe here speaking to you right now is one of your hosts nasty nathan rouse and typically with me is fellow co-host uh can't come up with an r word in the moment reed lackey and reed was here but he had to finish filling out the random sweepstakes off of his receipt from the pharmacy. And if that doesn't sound contrived to you, I don't know what does. However, while Reed sees if he's won anything, I do want to introduce and welcome back to the show, friend of the fog and frequent guest, Jackson Harper. Jackson! Ah, howdy, y'all. <laughs> welcome, friend. Jackson. Um, Okay, real quick, I want you to go hop in the van I've got waiting for you while I remind listeners that here at The Fear of God, we explore. We don't explain. Except for right now, when I explain that you can find all things foggy at thefearofgodpodcast.com, such as and especially how to support us on Patreon. More on that momentarily, because who is this emerging from the fog but the one, the only co-host with the mostest? It is Reed Lackey! Hey, ladies and germs, a rowdy Reed Lackey coming at you hot and fast. We got all the tunes. We got all the hits for you, brother. <laughs> Listen, we're going we're gonna to be playing all night long. All night long. <laughs> that was oh amazing i kept waiting i kept waiting for you to go into the my favorite thing you do in that voice listen brother one of these days i'm gonna do this <laughs> no, no not wrestler voice beetlejuice voice it's all good oh you my your mind. We'll, we'll we'll save it we'll save it we'll, okay we'll, yeah we'll, yeah we'll some other it. time reed jackson we are going jackson. to get to some content here but We've got some quick business to attend to before we get to our main discussions for today. Just a few items on the list. Number one, uh, 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 you heard it last week. At the very end, we are doing for uh, uh, it's been quite a while since we've done a fear of God contest up in here. We're going to do the do the twist Shamalamarama twist contest. So film yourself. You you it's it's in the feed. Go Jackson. He's here. He's here. Maybe he'll do it live for us. But the Shamalamarama tune is in the feed. Use it. Film yourself doing the twist. Do it somewhere funky. <laughs> Be you just let it all out and submit it to us. There's various and sundry ways. Post it and tag us. Email it to us. We will post it if you do. Like it is going to be out there. And at the end of Shamalamarama, which is like a ten week extravaganza, by the way, a oh Shamalama extravaganza. That's a that's a lot of syllables. <laughs> Shamalamarama extravaganza. Um, we are going to have a winner who is going to get to pick there uh, uh we will we will buy you a film of your choice from shamus canon 
<laughs> the Shama cannon. <laughs> so that's number one. Is do we'll the shoot twist. it out to you from the Shama cannon. <laughs> yeah. The, yes. Yes. Uh, uh, do the Shamalamarama and submit it. Uh, next one. We have a happy hour horror hangout coming up. Happy hour oh. horror hangouts. What are those? You might say exactly what they sound like. They are low key online hangouts with your fog friends. Four H's as they've come to be known, uh, are a great way to connect with our super thoughtful community of horror fans to participate. You just have to be a patron and then mark your calendars for what, what was the date? It's not it's June, 4th. June, June 4th. 4th. That's a Sunday. Whatever that Sunday is at about 2 PM Eastern standard time is when the next happy hour horror. <laughs> Third <laughs> time. So that's coming up. Be a patron. To join the happy hour horror hangout, do the twist. Uh, next is we are in a brand new series. It's so exciting. It's been alluded to multiple times. Uh, it's the Shamalamarama. Knock at the cabin came out a little while back. It got us inspired to get back on the the Shamalama pony. Uh, and we're going to be covering. <laughs> we're, we're just going to like point to everything. Like the Shama. There's no, no, <laughs> no Shama will be unturned. Okay, <laughs> during this run of episodes. Um, so so it is the Shamalamarama. You are here. Last week, we did uh, episodes one through three of uh, Servant in the patron-only segment. Join Indeed. Patreon, get that. And we talked about Lady in the Water. We all drowned in the tub with mm -hmm. the Lady mm. in the Water. Last bit of business is join Patreon. Listeners, if you enjoy the fear of God, benefits of being a patron include longer episodes featuring bonus content like the TV Guide post featuring Apple TV Plus's TV show Servant. This is so much mouthful here. It's also how you can participate <laughs> in online events like Fogaween each October, the aforementioned happy hour horror hangout. But when you join Patreon, it benefits the show as well. Growing our capacity to do more, to sound better, to reach more listeners, to basically be the best fog we can be with your help playing a significant role. That's, <laughs> whew, that's a lot of business, boys. You, you, ready, to you, do, need you a, ready to do the twist? Yeah, you need a nap. <laughs> okay, so... We're going to twist our way into the Apple TV Plus series servant for our patrons. We will be right back after that with some sunbathing at the beach as we discuss. Old. <laughs> do the twist. Do the twist. Do the twist. Shamalama Rama. Do the twist. Do the twist. Do the twist. Shamalama Rama. Do the twist. Do the twist. Do the twist. <laughs> so about this movie <laughs> gentlemen okay we're here it's shamalamarama jackson the architect of our uh, um you know pop cultural footprint you are our guest on uh, a conversation about was it 2021 yep. um when old came out i am for our listeners going to quickly share the apple uh movies right up on old as to serve as slight summary here but it's pretty self-explanatory visionary filmmaker m night Shyamalan unveils a chilling mysterious new thriller about a family on a tropical holiday who discover that the secluded beach where they are relaxing for a few hours is somehow causing them to age rapidly reducing their entire lives into a single day and then there's a laundry list of of credits for actors in it so yes uh in it, it's it's a pretty basic premise pretty easy uh yep. caribbean aesthetic or you know kind of uh, uh secluded 
resort setting. Uh, mm -hmm. Folks get shepherded out to a beach environment where they all start aging rapidly and we're left to gasp in horror at the things that befall them, such as old. Um, Jackson, we'll start with you uh, of like, you know, don't don't feel like you have to, you know, go into anything too heavy, but like, what was your, you know, when did you see this? Was it in the theater? Like, uh, give us give us a brief rundown of your experience with old. So I went to see this when it came out because I am almost always down for an M night Shyamalan joint. Uh, a couple things, notwithstanding, I kind of, I kind of <laughs> ducked out when it came to like last airbender and, oh, yeah. uh, after earth, I, I, I checked out a little bit for his career then, but I have been a, a pretty dedicated Shyamalan viewer since the sixth sense. Mm. Uh, so I went to go see this and then I was on Facebook one day and I remember seeing a picture of y'all two <laughs> seeing this movie <laughs> together. And I remember that y'all both didn't really care for it. <laughs> so I made it my two year crusade to get onto this show <laughs> just so we could have this conversation that we're about to have. Indeed. I the man comes like around. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he does. Well, okay. <laughs> Let, then let's do this. Let um, Reed, I want you to throw in and offer complimentary commentary as, as you would here, but it, I, I want to dovetail into maybe a, a question here. So yes, it is true. Reed and I, you know, have a history of attempting to see films together and mm -hmm. often just, just, it just doesn't go great for us. Not liking the movie. <laughs> a, a lot of it, if I'm honest, just generally has to trend towards the time of year. We tend to go see things. Yeah. You know, you're yeah, sure. Usually if, if you're this side of the country, it's usually, you know, kind of early in the year or, or spring mm -hmm. or something. And, and pickings are relatively slim sometimes. And so truth, you know, but at this particular juncture, uh, a new Shyamalan, a Shyamalamarama, if you will, was out. <laughs> and, um, you know, what better to do? Like, we couldn't have hedged our bets more, Reed. Like, it's like, okay, <laughs> it isn't Flight, The Judge, uh, that race car <laughs> movie with Chris Hemsworth. Rush. You know, uh, yeah, it is yeah, yeah. It, Rush. That's it. Sure. And uh, it's like Baron Zemo. That's an Thor, okay movie. You know, but race yeah. cars against each other. <laughs> Um, sure, sure. um so uh, you know old comes out it's like i've got reservations on a certain level at this point basically it's just ptsd uh from the shamalamarama <laughs> run and but but reed's here so let's go see this so we went to i believe concord mills in yes Carolina. that's where we saw it uh, yep yep where we it went is. and hung out at a little little tavern after it and i wished we'd had the the mics on uh because <laughs> it was it was as real and raw as reed's gotten and i'm I'm curious <laughs> to see where time has brought him uh because because <laughs> i was i was pretty um feisty about olds and and impressing me reed kind of joined me a bit um <laughs> not fully um he's too generous for that but uh, so it is really funny the way the circuit is now complete. The cycle is now complete. Uh, the circle, if I'm going to get Star Wars reference right on Star Wars Day, the circle is now complete on Jackson, your presence here as we discuss this film. <laughs> Read any, anything you want to, to supplement that this tale with. 
no, except to say that I was eager because it had been a couple of years. I was eager to revisit this film. I love, I know not everybody does, um, but I love if I have a strong reaction to a film, either I very, very much love it or I very, very much hate it. And some of the instances, if I really respond very, very negatively to it, depending on what I've responded to, um, I enjoy like trying to give a film another chance because a lot of things mm-hmm. can flavor your viewing experience. So I was eager to revisit this film because my my reaction to it coming out of the theater was uh, profoundly negative. And while I feel like where I sit right now with this reviewing, a lot of my complaints remain the same. Um, I think I have the the elements that even in the conversation Nathan just referenced, I, I would probably those have the good has gotten better. Uh, I feel like the bad has gotten worse. And that's my takeaway. It's like the, the, the things that I liked, the things that I liked about it, I feel like uh-huh. I liked even more this time around. And the things that I didn't like yeah. about it, I feel like further frustrated and entrenched my, my um, a sense of aggravation or irritation at uh, what I feel like could have been a different approach or a different choice. And so, so that's where I kind of landed is, yeah, the things I'll praise uh, I liked them even more this time around. The other things I'm like, oh man, maybe, maybe not this one, buddy. Maybe not this one. Okay. So yeah. You know, it's almost like you yeah. just watched a Shyamalan movie. <laughs> right. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. It is going to be interesting over the arc of Shyamalan Marama to just sort of like, you know, I don't know. It'll, it'll be a, yeah. a reckoning if maybe of, of just like, <laughs> I don't know who, who am I? Who are you? You know, who are we? Um, let's do this because I, I want to hold off on my, my question, which would steers into different tones. If we're cool with it, let's do some, that ain't right. Um, okay. Just going to get some didactics cool out of the way because, you know, gentlemen, lest we forget, we are a horror show. So if it's gory, if it's gross, if it causes you a fright, it's time for the part of the show we call that ain't right. <laughs> Sure as hell ain't right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, um, Jackson, I want you to have first dibs largely on most of this stuff. You are our guest and 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 the actual fan of this film. So um, you know, what 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 tops your list of of kind of that ain't right for you here? I've been thinking about this, and yeah, you know, I thought you had there's it. a few, there's a few things to choose from. But what I'm going to land on actually sort of ties into uh, to servant in a way because I think I think the part that really gets to me about this movie is when Kara, you know, she starts the movie. She's six years old, and <laughs> you get about what two thirds of the way through the movie or something like that, and she has uh, turned into like 15, 16, and she suddenly ends up pregnant. Oh, and God. within the course of about 20 minutes, she has carried the baby to term because that's what happens in this movie, mm. uh, delivers the baby, and then <laughs> the baby quickly dies <sighs> right there on the beach. 
And it's not, you know, it's not graphic or anything. Like Shyamalan doesn't traffic in that sort of thing. Um, right, 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 right. It's it's mostly represented through sound. You hear her screaming, and then mm. you hear the baby screaming, and then the baby just stops screaming. Mm. Mm-hmm. And they they pan around, and uh, you know, I can't remember the other character's name, the one that's delivered the baby, Patricia. the one that's Patricia. Yeah. Patricia. Patricia. Yep. Oh, I should remember that. That's my mom's name. <laughs> Look um, out. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. So yeah, Patricia has delivered the baby and she's just like, we just laid it on the towel for just a minute. And then it, and then it was died, you know, uh, from lack of attention. Because if you think about it, one minute in the world of this movie uh, is about 10 days when you really do the math on it, I'm not great at math, but I'm pretty sure that's about 10 days <laughs> that, the baby, that the baby was left alone. Yeah. So, mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It's just so, so messed up. Yeah. I, I actually think what you're identifying is one of the strongest beats in the movie is just mm-hmm. that the, yeah. the, and, and a drum beat that might refrain itself through the course of this conversation for me is just, this movie does has so many ideas it's thrown in the blender because mm-hmm. of the concept that it kind of yeah. just never, never settles into a gear on a one thing. Mm-hmm. But that particular note, this, this baby died of lack of attention. Like that's harrowing, haunting, horrifying and all of the above, you know? So I'm, I, I fully agree with you on that. And that one, would probably personally for me be one of the strongest in text that ain't rights. Um, maybe we'll go around twice here, uh, but I'm, okay. I'm going to read do yours. Cause mine's going to get a little bigger and I don't want to accidentally grab something. Okay. That you would um, so what's interesting and I'm, uh, I'm, uh, um, I'm going to actively resist doing this like uh, over, over and over and over again. But, uh, but I did, I did read the graphic novel that this is based on. And it's interesting okay. that there are some similarities between just not, not for nothing. Uh, there is a, a, a girl who then gets pregnant and delivers a baby, the baby actually in the graphic novel. And it's been a minute since I've read it, but I'm fairly certain that the baby uh, survives and grows to fruition and like outlives as it would naturally oh. be sequence of thing. Like, outlives everybody and uh and it's it's really uh it's kind of fascinating but mm. hopping hopping off that my that ain't right um i think the biggest one for me there is one that i could point to that's just kind of a the the most overt visual that ain't right but the one mm-hmm. that just kept driving me crazy because it kept making me squirm in my seat is freaking dr slice happy there just constantly <laughs> going after everybody <laughs> with his freaking pocket knife. And it's just like, he loves that pocket knife. He does, man. But he's just, <laughs> but he just comes up and, and he's, and it's almost like he just like patted you on the back or something. But instead, he's slicing, slicing you on the cheek or slicing you on the arm or something. And it's just that sound, that abrasive little like paper cut sound that keeps happening yeah. every single time. Uh-huh. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, that, sh- you know, and, and I just didn't, yeah, I, the, no, I didn't, that, that just, that wasn't right. You know, I was, I was very much like, oh, this 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 character is pretty jacked up anyway. But then just yeah, he just yeah. going around always attacking people and everything. I just and that one particular scene where poor old man is like blind now because his eyes oh. have deteriorated uh-huh. and he cannot uh stave off or get away from the attacks of that doctor. That's 
really yeah. rough. So that's my, that's my dad. The second time we've talked about a Rufus Sewell movie yeah. on the show. Yeah, that's right. What was the other one? That's right. Dark Bless City. the Child. And Bless the Child. Yeah. So the, oh, the, the, we talked about it. Yeah. Second time we've okay. talked about yeah, second a Rufus time. Sewell so, movie. Yeah. Exactly. Well, then I will then I'll at least throw in an anecdote here that I've probably referenced on one of those. Uh, I actually have this weird soft spot for Rufus Sewell, not because I'm like, Oh, he's an incredible actor, but he, he might be, I'm not negating that. Uh, yeah. Or even cause I seek him out. But Kenneth Branagh's Hamlet was a very formative film for me as a high schooler. Mm. And he is Fort in, that? in that. Yeah. Oh, he's Fort um, Okay. It's been yeah. a long time. It's actually a relatively small that. role, but his face yeah. is so striking um, that I've, I've very, never kind of yes. forgotten that. Um, so, awesome. okay, I'm going to turn on that. Right. So that ain't right. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to give a small that's representative of a big. So for me, my, that ain't right is, uh-huh. uh, guy is, is, um, Gabriel Barcia, Garcia Bernal's character, uh, name, Jaron played by the actor whose name I can't remember, but he plays miles Ken lost Ken Leon. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Jaron, played by Ken Leong, turns to Guy at one point. And he says, Guy, I was on the swim team. I'll make it. Um, I hate the script in this movie. I hate it. I hate it. It's so bad. It is so wooden. It is so like characters say the dumbest shit. And, oh, we'll, and yes, we'll threw, get into I, this in a minute. Okay. I, I threw a Y in there because it's Shamalamarama season. Okay. So you don't have to believe that because I didn't say the other word. But y'all, sure, the, the sure. script and this, and this is what the challenge is of this movie is because you've created such a heightened scenario, what he has to do is somehow imbue characters with commentary for every single thing about every single phase of life and survival and all this sort of stuff. So the mix is the, there's too many ingredients in the recipe, right? There's too many ingredients okay. and and all of them you can point to and be like, oh my God, did that character really just say that? Like y'all, I, I've seen it once, or I'm sorry, I saw it in the theater with Reed. Uh, had a had a pretty negative response then. I rewatched it on a plane, and I started counting at the front. Almost every line said by a character in the first five minutes is what? What is it? It's a reference to time. Get it? Mm-hmm. Do you get it? Do you understand, <laughs> Mom? I don't have. I I need time to process. We don't have that. Do you get it? They're all talking about time. And the conceit of the movie is there's not time. Like it is. And y'all got, no, here it is. Right. It is not right. Guy. I was on the swim team. I'll make it. Do you know this exact same character? Not 10 minutes sooner in this movie was like, who thinks they can swim this channel against it. He pitches the scenario, asks for volunteers Mm -hmm. and he himself doesn't volunteer. But then 10 minutes later, he's like, Oh, by the way. So, you know, pretty contrived moment uh, and pretty dumb line. Uh, but one of you've already referenced it uh, when Kara, we were just playing and I got a little fat. Like, get, what the? <laughs> shut up. What a stupid line. Come on. <laughs> like, I even, did, I even, what, Reed? What's that face I did, for? I did, no, I did question their perceived sincere naivete about what happened. And I'm just like, what <laughs> well because like, the movie tells you because what is frustrating about a line like that as as not just how inane it sounds coming out of a human person is the movie establishes that their that their emotional and psychological development does catch up like 
give me a break. That, that's not <laughs> what you would say. Oh, we were playing <laughs> with the fingers and I'm fat now. Oh, no. like that's, oh, that no. is literally what that feels like. And oh, no. but the but the the coup de gras that has already been referenced. Here is what is hard about my man Shema. Okay, <laughs> is the work required to get to the scenario sometimes is like it's not a boulder pushing up a hill. It's like you are taking a mountain and trying to take it up another mountain. And mm-hmm. when late in the movie, <laughs> late in the movie, husband says to wife. How did we end up here after all? And wife says, oh, it was a random sweepstakes with a receipt I got from the pharmacy that I just filled out. And they kept sending me stuff like get out of here. No adult human in a rational world these days who has the money to attend a place like that is really that dumb that Mm -hmm. it's like, oh, I don't know. It was just like. The the amount of buy-in required to get here is is so astronomical. It's it's just wild. Um, she's a museum curator. Like right, she's, she's educated. <laughs> I know what dead bodies are looking like. You know, it's like, but somehow I'm dumb enough to fill out a uh, see a sweepstakes on the pharmacy receipt. Get out of here! What <laughs> you, you did? Were you born yesterday? Get it. That's a reference to time. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so a thing that's going to come up in the course of this conversation, perhaps, is, and we referenced this read last week, you and I, about Lady in the Water. It's like my wrestling. Here's the thing. I, I will beat the tar out of the script of this movie. It's a beautiful movie. It's incredibly oh, yeah. well shot. It mm-hmm. looks fantastic. The tracking shots are amazing. There's a consistent to your so. point, yeah. Jackson, about the baby scene, like, the choreography, what went into the production and stylization and execution mm-hmm. of some of these shots is is fantastic and a sign of a master master director. Yes. He should have hired another screenwriter. You know, <laughs> like take the concept, sell it to to someone else, you know, like pitch the concept to to someone who can maybe do something with this. But where I was going is the difference between the movie we get and the movie you sort of think would work better. And maybe we'll get to that, but I just think there's a way you could have done what this movie does and just give it different architecture uh, that 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 sells a little better, much to any believability here. Mm-hmm. Because, and I know we're in that ain't right, and so I'll, I'll you know, kind of uh, take the gloves off for a moment. But like, <laughs> I will, I will own. Read on Lady in the Water. We talked a lot about Giamatti's monologue. To me, Giamatti's monologue is too little too late. Mm -hmm. I will own with old. If I'm being gracious and I can do it, as in I I can be gracious. The effectively final scene between Guy and Prisca is beautiful. It really is. Yeah, Uh, Yeah, It is powerful and moving and kind of Mm -hmm. and is a sign of what I know he was after. And so that's where I can exercise some generosity. It's like this is what you're working towards and want. Uh, but, but yeah, what are some thoughts before we get out of that? Ain't right. Uh, in response to that. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to jump on your comment about their final moment. Jump on. Um, Mm. 
that that moment represents a, a crux point for me about this movie is because to, Which one? to I'm sorry the the moment the final moment between um god there's so many characters guy in this movie and, and I forget their yeah guy yeah. and Prisca. um i remember their their characterizations but not their names i'm literally got <coughs> imdb pulled because up they so aren't characters by the way that's why <laughs> but that moment that you just referenced is kind of a a a hinge point for me because to your point I think it's not only beautiful, I think it's kind of effortlessly so. Like it kind of creeps up on you and it's like, wow, this is really, you know, it's got some disarming emotion attached to it. And because it is so strong for me, it highlights how few similar moments there are through the remainder of the narrative. Because um, it by itself, I feel like there are other moments where he was almost kind of like trying to create something, like between uh, Prisca and Maddox, the, the, the young girl. Uh, when he's trying to create a moment where, um, like Patricia is, is talking about her work or, or there's a couple of uh, the, the, the moment with the baby. And I feel like for me, a lot of the first hour of this film is so interested in what is happening to us. We are growing older. Mm-hmm. Look at all these sequence of things that are happening to further solidify what we as the audience, even if you had never seen a trailer, knew from the moment Trent and Maddox aged up to 15 and 16. From the moment they aged up, we as the audience know that's the conceit of this film, or one of the conceits, is that they are mm-hmm. growing older on this beach. And so for me, again, just piggybacking off your... I, I What I was hoping for or kind of wanting because i know Shyamalan was probably doing this to kind of like let's let's get into aging and death and dying and the fragility of right. time and how fast time is but then there there's really only that one moment that you could point to and a slight not even a full moment not even a full point like a crooked finger point to when maddox and trent think before the big twist revealed do the twist it's Shyamalan-marama. Um, <laughs> before the Epic before the big drop <laughs> before the big twist is revealed when they decide they're going to build a sandcastle that was that was kind of like a half finger point too it's like okay yeah like all right there's there's something in that quietness to just like sit there and i almost wish the rest of the film had been peppered with a few more moments like that just quieter moments where they're pausing for a second and not trying to just escape or fix the problem, but reflect on what's happening to them. I think that would have set the balance to a little bit different uh, because I do think that that Prisca and Guy moment is um, is like really uh, it, it lands. It's a really strong moment. And so anyway, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just kind of furthering uh, well, that piece of it. Let me let me throw a, a, a last editorial note there and then we'll get out of that. Right. Because I got a question for Jackson. Um you know, it's funny, Reed, it, this didn't click with me until you were describing that. And it's fascinating juxtaposing this with Lady in the Water, because to me, Lady in the Water is inert. It is lacking in, I, I would say propulsion, but I would even say it's lacking in in uh, uh, shutter step movement. Like it, it, there is no movement to me in Lady in the Water. This slow the F down. Like <laughs> I have no anchor. I have no character I can buy in on because not only are you switching actors uh, but you're also uh, that's probably the biggest one but you know you're just just steamrolling through all of these interesting notes and and flourishes and beats in favor of a concept and so that it's just fascinating seeing that juxtaposition here 
So, okay, it can't. We can't. We can't leave that ain't right on old and not not at least tip the hat to Crystal and her her bad back. Uh, Holy oh, cow! Yeah, what a mess. Oh my yeah. god, that's I was, terrible. I was gonna do that one, and then I was like, ah, one of them will do it. That girl. You <laughs> that's know what the she thing. Did? Like, yeah, she <laughs> did the twist. Did the twist. Uh, oh man, I tell you what. Did you squirm? Did you wince? Did you squint your eyes real tight? It's probably because of what we around here call that ain't right. That sure as hell ain't right. Okay. So oh my God. listen, Jackson, this is this is me. You're my friend, and you're our you're our friend. And I'm, and so it's going to sound say, don't like cut I'm, me out of this. No, well, I'm speaking directly to him because, <laughs> no, but I'm also yes. speaking corporately yes. because I know you had been to your own admission 10 minutes ago, pining for us to, to cover it. And, and kind of, here we are doing that. Like I thought this watching it this time. Now here's what is fascinating to me. Lady in the water. I just don't like it. I don't, I, I, I'll say it a bit more strongly in the, this context. And I may have even done there. I don't think it's a good movie. Like I think it's poorly mm-hmm. constructed and and doesn't really deliver, doesn't really realize what it's chasing. This, like, as a horror movie, I can kind of get behind it. Um, mm-hmm. but as a as a constructed piece of thoughtful cinema, which I think he thinks it is, I really struggle to get behind it. And so I'm kind of I'm not, I am um, unbiasedly sort of interested from you, like sell me on this. Like what, what to you was like, and, and maybe I'm overreading your investment in the movie, yeah. but you know, that, that was the, you are Nathan. Okay. We'll move on. <laughs> um, no, but like, you know, were, was it a sort of passing like, well, no, I kind of liked it, you know, or was it like, no, you really think there's something there. And so I'm genuinely asking, like, when you watch it, even now a second time, I think uh, maybe more like what, what do you find in it that really feeds you? Well, okay. For one thing, I'm about to just uh, drop a bomb here. I also like Lady in the Water. So that's fine. Hey, it's not a bomb. If, you know, it's, uh, like, it's like a turd yeah. in the bottom of the pool, really. You wow. know. Yeah. If I, if <laughs> I appreciate had known my episode, I defended Lady in the Water. I might have spent uh, several years getting y'all to do that. That's show, hilarious. You know. Well, that's already done. Um, that's in the can. <laughs> I know. It's very sad to me now that knowing that I missed my opportunity to talk to y'all oh. about Lady in the Water. <laughs> oh, good. No. We're, we're talking about old. Sell me on old. Okay. You're not going to sell me on Lady in the Water. All right. Here's wow. the thing about here's the thing about M. Night Shyamalan, the buried secret, if you will. It's not, <laughs> it's not a secret. Uh, the thing about Shyamalan is every movie, I think, that is really one of his movies. And I'm, I'm excluding the two kind of outliers. Now, I've never seen Wide Awake. Um, Wide Awake is a very M. Night Shyamalan movie. It, it really is. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. I've never seen it. That's the only yeah. one I've never seen. Mm-hmm. But uh, excluding, you know, uh, Last Airbender, which we've talked about, I guess he still kind of claims this is his own. I don't know why. I and still then don't after, know why. Yeah. After Earth, uh, you know, I'm taking those two out of the equation. Get that but movie's name out your GD mouth. Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> well, when wow. you're dealing with anything from the sixth sense up through Knock at the Cabin, I think you're getting all his movies have the same strengths and the same weaknesses. It's just a matter of degrees at that mm-hmm. point. I think that's fair. His okay. dialogue has always been stupid. 
go watch The Sixth Sense and tell me that that's how people talk. Not even a little bit. <laughs> you know, Unbreakable, maybe his best movie. I don't know. I kind of love Knock at the Cabin. I know some people don't, and I get it. Mm. Um, but like his dialogue's always been garbage. Uh, he's always had a really weird <laughs> uh, thing with like precocious kids. Mm-hmm. It's in The Sixth Sense. It's in Unbreakable. Mm-hmm. It's in, yeah, it's in all these movies. Um, this one, I don't, now that I'm here actually getting to defend this movie, I'm finding myself at a loss. <laughs> I was like, because you, you know what's funny about you saying that is what I was about to say is, Jackson, I'm not asking you to defend Shyamalan. I can kind of do that for myself. I'm saying, like, what, sell me on this particular movie. And well, to you, is it just, well, it just does you, well the Shama stuff I like. I think that's probably what it is. I, I just, the reason that I spent two years trying to get y'all to do this episode is because y'all very specifically didn't like it when it came yeah. out. And I went sure, to see sure. it around the same time and I did. It works mm. for me. One yeah. part you've talked about, it's so beautiful. Yeah, it's I great love, to look at. I love yeah. the way it's shot. I love the fact that it's shot weirdly. You know, the mm-hmm. framing in a lot of images is off a little bit. Everything's mm-hmm. a little bit off kilter in this movie. Like, he'll put somebody's like, the corner of their face up in the frame or whatever. Um, But also, I mean, to get into maybe some themes and stuff like that, um, you know, we're, we're, we're all in our forties at this point. I just turned Mm -hmm. 40 this year. Mm. Congratulations. And yeah. And this is, this is kind of, um, this is kind of Shyamalan's body horror movie. Sure. You know, Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's about like running out of time and uh, and the effects of age on your body. And I'm feeling that more than I ever have. And even two years ago when this came out, it was it was starting to creep up on me. And, you know, I was just watching the movie earlier today and it just there's something about it that I find very unnerving and unsettling and sad um yeah i find yeah i get that a lot of these aren't real characters they're kind of like uh plot devices disguised as characters Mm -hmm. but i find their entire plight just so devastatingly sad Mm -hmm. and that they yeah they literally (laughs) time is running out and it's running out for them faster than for you know, people who aren't on that beach. Yeah. Um, yeah. Can I, um, can I jump, I'm going to jump in here for just a second. And, uh, and, and so ostensibly for the next three minutes, this is largely not going to be about old at all, even though it's directly rooted in old. So I said that I had read the, the, the graphic novel that this is based on. The graphic novel is called Sandcastle. I really liked the graphic novel. I will be candid about this, that the graphic novel, while more thoughtful, more thematically kind of it digs into those quieter moments and looks more at the ramifications of aging and and all of the things that go into that. um, I think old the film by Shyamalan is a little bit more kind of propulsively invigorating in places. Uh, I, you know, I really resonate, Nathan, with what you said about like just like slow down a little bit, like honestly, 
part of you kind of stumbled into something that for me would be kind of a quasi defense of it where I'm just like, Hey, if you just, if you just breathe a minute on this, then there's probably a lot of good stuff here. Cause I'm liking what I'm seeing, but I feel like I'm watching it in fast forward. So if you just, if you just uh-huh. pump the brakes for a second, then maybe we'd have something really, really quality here. But to go back to Sandcastle, I read, I read the novel Sandcastle, the most memorable thing to me about Sandcastle comes from the, that's the inspiration for old. That is the inspiration for old. And many of the plot beats um, uh, are are the same with the glaring exception of the experiment that comes at the end of old is actually from the graphic novel, but it is just something a character theorizes about what is happening to them, that maybe they are part of some elaborate medical experiment to rapidly be able to see how bodies change over time. It is literally just like a throwaway Hmm. line that a character says and not revealed as what is actually happening to them. So, um, but uh, the most interesting thing and the thing that stayed with me and boy, it stayed with me um, comes from the introduction, the, the non-narrative textual introduction from Sandcastle that comes from the author. It's literally like four sentences. I'm going to read it right now. It says this, the author in talking about these themes, this idea wrote this. He said, one final anecdote. My father fought in the war. His family who stayed behind in France, were arrested by the Gestapo in 1944 through some carelessness on the part of one of his sisters. My grandparents and one of my aunts were gassed on arrival at Auschwitz in one of the final deportations. As one of the sisters who survived the camps later recounted, every person in that train car spent the duration of their journey arguing with each other. I often feel that we don't pay attention to what is truly important in our lives. Not going to, not going to lie. That has stayed with me far more than the narrative beats. So just this concept of they have no idea what they are being transported away to. And they are spending a lot of their time in frivolous, trivial arguments. Just that, that haunting note of on the train to the infamous concentration camps, they're all arguing with each other. And, mm. and, and then just that final note of we don't focus on what's truly important in our lives. As, a, as an on-paper premise that, that kind of pokes its head up from the water in that moment um, between Prisca and Guy that we keep referencing, as an on-paper moment of that just whole like, yeah, what, what brought us here? I don't, I don't remember. Yeah. It, it doesn't matter anymore. You know, like the fragility of life, how quickly it passes us all by Jackson, to your point, like, you know, the three of us are all in our forties. And so I can speak from this 80 looks to me like it's a century away. Like it, you know, Mm -hmm. like it looks very, very far away in some degrees, 50 looks like it's very, very far away. And yet 20 is a blink. Because I can remember my 20s, and so I can recall these things from 20 and in my 20s, mm-hmm. and even in my 30s, I can recall them. Uh, my, my, my brain will, will bring them back to me in rapid, fast-forward succession. Now, I'm not defending the construction of, of what I think is a very flawed film, but not for nothing, this concept of, of they get to this beach, and then everything moves in fast-forward, I do find mm-hmm. that idea genuinely and effortlessly compelling because mm-hmm. maybe it is a, a, a byproduct of me being in my forties at this moment of, of just, and, and yeah. not for nothing. I don't want to get very heavy handed here all of a sudden, but for me, I've spoken about this openly uh, for me, observing 
what happened to us nationally and to a smaller degree globally during the pandemic positioned me to rehearse my thoughts on mortality, not necessarily for myself, but for the world around me and for the mm-hmm. people that matter to me in my life and how suddenly and quickly or you know, how dramatically um, things can turn on a dime. And just to, to appreciate the preciousness and, and, and the gratefulness of good health and a happy season mm-hmm. and things like that. And just, and uh, he doesn't get any brownie points for this, but almost to say to myself, what I would want to say to Shyamalan for old, which is just slow, just breathe, slow down, <laughs> stop, stop for a second, like stop for a second and look and, and look around you and look, because it is, it's like, it's gone in this blip. Now, what I, what I'm sympathetic to about him towards this film is I do feel like he is trying to work some of that out in playing around in this in this um, toy box, but I feel like his um, instincts as a storyteller were more to sort of just go for the thrills, go for the 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 creep factor, the fright factor in so many yeah. of those. Uh, you know, which a lot of those moments work. That freak we we talked about Crystal. Yeah. You know, when she that's that's a freaky she freaky did the twist. death. She did yeah. a twist, you know. <laughs> Um, when, when Kara falls from the cliff, it's, you know, it's got a, it's got a jarring nature to so much of it. Pretty much every one of those little blackout moments when they try to escape and, Mm -hmm. and then something else happens, you know, there's definitely, and you know what I want, what, what, what I think would be interesting is if this had been presented as a, like a one hour episode of something like, you know, it's not technology based, but something like black mirror or something like that. Like if this had been truncated a little bit. Yeah. And it's it a, it's Twilight short. Zone. It's a very yes. much a Twilight Zone. Absolutely. Kind of Absolutely. Yeah. And I think some of that would have landed a little better because I think some of it would have uh felt like a, a bit, you know, the form might have restricted it a little bit and maybe just, yeah. you know, lobbed off some of the excesses that I feel like we have uh inherent in it. Um I well, also I, think I, Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. No, no, you no. well. I think I think what's hard and 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 I'm curious to see the trend of these conversations throughout the run of Shamalama Rama uh is um I am never gonna live that down, am I? No, we love it. This is applause. Why, why, why would you want stuck. to? No, this is applause <laughs> and celebration. Goodness gracious, this is, yeah. That's, this is that's memorial. Not, yes. Fun making. That's uh making fun. Wait, what? Um reverse that sentence. Um is this idea of like wanting to applaud the effort and wishing the execution were just just a little different that such yeah because because all y'all are saying is valuable and worthwhile and i love like i said when the movie slows it delivers what it's after i just in a way that i don't think for me again to 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 take a scrunt and just just dunk it and just like hold it wow. under the water like wow <laughs> not like that um because i don't know how you do this because i'm not a person who's given x amount of millions of dollars to make these films but you know y'all reference twilight zone read you reference black mirror like these are these are cogent analogs these are these are appropriate lenses for these heightened ideas and how to or rather the heightened realities to deliver ideas you know because part of me hates that this has a happy ending quote unquote 
Like, oh, I'm I like, see. no, just, yeah. just go do it. Like, is it know, a happy ending though? Is it? Well, I mean, I mean it, we can talk about like, that in a little bit, but yeah. yeah. I think it's meant to have a note of like somberness. Sure. But they get out, you know, and the people sure. doing the bad thing get caught. Sure. Like that is yeah. the, the kind of, if I'm honest, that's kind of the fantasy of the movie that I don't care for. I'm like, no, just if you're running headlong towards, Hey y'all life comes at you pretty fast. If you don't stop and look around once in a while, <laughs> first Bueller quote, um, yeah. like just put the period on the sentence, you know, mm-hmm. give me some finality that isn't about. We can stop it. Cause that's how the movie does end. like barrel into that. And don't, you know, like, like the, the, if, if we're, uh, engaging and examining the futility of fighting aging, stop fighting it. Like, like that's kind of a Mm -hmm. concept that's fascinating that the movie points to, but kind of doesn't fully engage or alternatively and read and this, these movies just invite this sort of counterfactual sort of exercise, but like if we're committing to it's all a setup for uh, uh, a pharmaceutical company's front facing uh, resort motif behind which is, you know, uh, uh, doing the greater good type of science. Then give me someone there. Let me have a conscientious objector there that's juxtaposing because right now I don't know what to feel for these people. Whereas if you anchor it in a human experience of conflict over what's being done to these people, while then, you know, this, this parallel action that could be, could be played with, but bless his heart. He loves doing the twist. And so instead it's, Oh yeah, I guess what's really going on, you know, like, well, yeah. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> those are just some, some ideas. Well, <laughs> what? I will admit, you know, the first time I saw this movie, the, the ending sequence is the part I liked the least. Uh, Mm. And I had the same problem with, and y'all will talk about this, I'm sure in this series, it's the same problem I had with Glass. Um, Mm. Because that movie I really don't like. Then maybe I'll like come, maybe I'll have you back on that for that one. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. I love that. Um, I love that. I'm just kidding. I know that needs you to be, do. And, that and means it needs to be a Nathan it's and like, Reed special. <laughs> yeah, and that's, I know Reed loves that movie, and I don't mm-hmm. get it. I don't. There's something I don't see in it. And sure, um, sure, yeah. But this time, watching the movie again, um, it it doesn't feel as sort of gotcha as it did before mm-hmm. uh, because. I think about these two kids, uh, Maddox and Trent, and how overnight they've become 50-year-old adults. And they have to get on that helicopter and fly away from the island and go back to the real world. And it talks about, like, you know, um, they're getting in touch with their aunt and uncle. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, well, how would you feel if uh, your six-year-old nephew showed up as a 50-year-old man? It was like their parents are gone and they are now children in adult bodies. Yeah. And they have lost, like they've lost all the best parts of their life. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, it's really, really sad. 
Um, and I think, I think ultimately like, you know, time is the, is the ultimate villain of any of our lives. Um, and it's inescapable. It's, it's the one thing that is definitely going to kill you at some point. <laughs> the longer you live, the longer you live, the closer you are to death. Um, and these, these two kids, they have just been accelerated on that path overnight. Yeah. And it just, I, you know, and you can talk about like, oh, this, the plotting or the dialogue or whatever doesn't work, but there's something in that just core premise that gets to me because I, you know, the longer I live, the closer I am to my own death. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I don't know how to reconcile that in my own mind. I, it, yeah. it bothers me all the time. And it's not like I'm afraid. I'm not afraid to die. Sure. You know? sure. It's going to happen at some point. I don't know, but I don't know how long I have. Mm-hmm. And well, yeah. I want to, I want to uh, support you a bit here, Jackson, uh, because one thing that did stand out to me on this viewing um, that if there's any subtlety here, I think there's a little bit in this spot. And that's, you know, this, when, when we're talking about aging, when we're talking about relationship, when we're talking about meaning in uh, the dynamic of meaning as it connects with relationship, the refrain of Trent, what is your name and what do you do? Or what is mm-hmm. your name? And what is your occupation? That really stuck with me this time because, because the distillation of that is simply what do we call you and what is your function mm-hmm. and how mm-hmm. the beauty of a life well lived, or at least a life desired to be well lived is what you call me does matter, but my function, my occupation is immaterial to, or mm-hmm. at least, a, uh, I would say a life to aspire to that, that is a bit immaterial to, am I, am I a human who loves well others and myself? Like, mm-hmm. right. Like, and so I, I do think yeah. that's an interesting refrain of the film, which is if all we are is widgets in a society, mm-hmm. the movie attempts to, undercut that late yeah. in it with the with the dynamic of you know Prisca and guy and i i will say like i don't like the the literalizing of the end like to me you know it's a little silly the a six-year-old but yesterday a 50 today it's like okay well, wow <laughs> now we're getting too real you know but i think one of the in a movie of strong shots uh cinematographically it's just a fun word <laughs> One of the strongest is, and I can't stand the character's name. Oh, Idlib, Idlib. Like I shouldn't, <laughs> I shouldn't be pejorative, but I'm like, where does this name come from? This is just a weird name to just have people say over and over in a movie. But one of the best shots in the movie is adult Trent in the foreground with Idlib uh, and his, the, the reaching for his face mm-hmm. and they aren't the focus. It's the background of the yeah. authorities showing up. And it's just panning past them. But like, that's what you're meant to focus on. So I love the representation inherent of that shot of like, even this is the point. It's going to pan by and you're going to miss the important stuff, which kind of sucks. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and I also think, so you've expressed a very heartfelt um, 
this this entire conversation about how we position time in our imagination is a is mm-hmm. I think a really important one, and the way we phrased it, all of us very you know speaking very earnestly and honestly, but I I'm thinking through something in real time, so we'll try not to be too clunky. But I have come to view the passage of time and the imaginative construction of time as something where. I think whether or not it is a friend or a villain depends largely on how we engage it, not mm-hmm. necessarily on how it engages us. It is going to move. It is going to, it is going to proceed and uh, sometimes move on stubbornly without us. And that mm-hmm. can be very frustrating. Um, sometimes we will, uh, through our own choices or through our own sense of navigating our little worlds, we'll look back and be like, oh, man. If I, you know, I think about this a lot that like, if I could go back and be in my, you know, twenties or be in my teens or whatever. But for me, any speculation about that always comes with the knowledge of, I don't want to lose what I've learned because to a degree, I remember how uninformed, unlearned, uh, very, you know, ill-equipped to navigate so many things in life. I was in all of those different phases. So it's like, mm-hmm. I want the benefit of having gone through time with the, yeah. without those other ramifications. And so I just, I feel like, and like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling this out in real time. We're explorers. We don't explain, we explore. Um, but I, f- I feel like I have come to a place to where my relationship with time is very much defined by how I choose to view the time that I have been given and mm-hmm. have left and mm-hmm. whatever that is. I mean, I may, I may live to be 105. Like if I'm in good health, great. Like I would love that, you know? Um, but whatever the time is that's left, just doing my best to engage that as a, uh, you know, uh, a, a moment of, you know, friendly value as opposed to an opponent that I have to try to beat the clock for, or that I have to try mm-hmm. to, and and I feel like a film like this, clunky as its narrative narrative construction may be, provides an opportunity to look at that in a, in a very literal way and say, mm-hmm. like, okay, yeah, I mean, it, scripture tells us that our life is uh, a vapor; it's like a mist, like mm-hmm. just it's just it's just gone, and yeah. and I do feel like. That's either going to ring as a, as a terrifying note, or it's going to ring as a calming note. And I think the difference there depends on, again, whether we see time as a friend and an ally or as an opponent to be overcome and to be beaten. Overcome and beaten means I got to make something of my life because my life has no value unless I do all of these things, unless I check all these boxes, unless I have accomplished all of this other stuff. My time yeah. is running out versus time as a friend being like, hey, uh, we, we, we talked about this last, uh, giving a little praise to Lady in the Water. One of the noteworthy things we, we came out of it is something that's on that film's mind is you are where you want to, you are where you need to be, who you need to be, when you need to be there. That is, that is what you are. You are those things. And I do think similarly, we can look at something like this and say like, okay, well, you know, time's, time's not the enemy. You know, like time is something that we can embrace and just say, okay, I have reached this point. I have, a, I have, a, we've arrived at 40, y'all. 
Many, many people don't get that, <laughs> that opportunity to sit in, in their 40s and, and be reasonably healthy and have exciting things on the horizon. And we've all got regrets and we've all got pains and we've all got things that we really wish we could go back, redo or, or wipe the slate clean or whatever. But taking a moment and saying like, okay, we've reached this far. And you know what? We have a ways to go. We have a, we have a farther mm-hmm. path to, to tread. And maybe if we do that uh, and, and using the language of old, uh, it may go so fast, it'll feel like tomorrow it's gone. Or it may be a thing where you know we turned around <laughs> from yesterday. Yesterday, we were six. Today, we're 50-something, but we have what's left. And that's where when she, adult Maddox, looks over at him. M. Beth Davids, who is an actress I love. Yeah. Don't, don't see and very she's much, terrific. Yeah. I think she's wonderful. Um, but when she leans over to him and says, we're going to be okay, this notion of like, yeah, to your point, Jackson. We lost 50 years of our lives right here, 40-something years of our lives. Bam. Yesterday, we were six. Today, we're 50. But look at what we have ahead of us. Look at what is, look at what is before us now. And I think about, and this will be my final note, and I'll shut up. I think about uh, when I heard Ray Bradbury, who not for nothing, Ray Bradbury wrote a story called The Creatures That Time Forgot. It was later republished uh, as Frost and Fire. This exact same premise. People wake up on a planet and, and, and they have eight days to live. They will, every human being knows from the moment they are born, they will live for eight days and then they will die. And it's a, the, the short story is about a man who is desperate to end that cycle and to extend his life. But anyway, that, uh, casting that aside, Ray Bradbury talked about his love for the book A Christmas Carol. And he said, one of the beautiful things about A Christmas Carol is that Scrooge is an old man. And Scrooge is old, yeah. and he has lived his life on the back of a whole bunch of regrets and a whole bunch of painful choices. But when he wakes up, the reason he is, you know, as as merry and as giddy as he is, is he realizes, like, I am old, but it's not too late. Look what I have ahead of me. Look what I have to go before me, and and the power that I have to make this. T- and and we can think about the rapidity with the time we've lost, or we can again. I know mm-hmm. I'm kind of waxing, you know, sentimental here, but. We can view time as the friend to say, like, look at what I have ahead of me. And I don't know what that is, but, yeah. but I have the opportunity to do something uh, to make it more meaningful and to, and to make meaning from what I have been given. And it's a beautiful thought. Look, for all the clunky storytelling choices that Shyamalan yeah. sometimes makes, I'm usually very interested in the same things that he's very interested in. And old is no exception to that. So, all okay, right. Well, here's, here's the twist, y'all. <laughs> here's the twist. I'm going to do the twist. All right, the do the twist. I've been trying to get y'all to talk about this movie for two years is not because I'm trying to get you to like the movie, but because I knew we would have a good conversation about it. <laughs> That's what <laughs> we do around twist. here. It's yeah. yeah, it's like, yeah. no, this movie, Great. even if it's clunky, even if it's stupid, and yeah, it's both of those things. I still yeah. really like the movie, but even yeah. if it's those things, it's still something worth talking about. Because Shyamalan doesn't make movies that aren't worth talking about, except for a couple times. (laughs) Last Airbender and uh, After Earth. Last Airbender ain't worth no You know, before we drift too far away from it, I mean, you know, Reed, Reed, you got a little real and raw there. I think confessionally, if I relate to anything in this movie, maybe with a different, you know, dynamic at play, it's that when when I see, you know, gets in the spirit of this age thing you're talking about too jackson uh of feeling it in, in very real ways of like yeah. me and 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 my food it's like we were just playing and i got a little fat when it comes to <laughs> me and food <laughs> uh 
Oh gosh, y'all. Oh, man. I can, all them I got apple, plenty of, all them I apple got plenty of stories. You should have seen me a few years ago. I used to look, I used to be hot and now I'm just you, like, you're Ugh. still hot, Jackson. You're hot. Us. All and foggers. in contrast, I've You've never got a great been, body so. for radio. What, Reed? I said, and in contrast, I've never been. So, you know, there it goes. Stop. Um, well, listen, Stop. we're all sexy beasts. Oh, indeed. <laughs> sexy sloths. Um, so the, um, what I will say before we move to the fog meter is we've introduced and, and uh, Jackson, we didn't prep you for this. So just be, ready. Um, oh but we've, we've introduced a new segment in Shamalamarama. Okay. It's a twist. <laughs> Shamalamarama. Um, so we are rating as we move through each of these films, we are rating the presence and appearance of the director in these films himself. Oh, the cameos, yeah. Oh, oh they are not oh, cameos here. Oh, 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 cameos. Yeah, he's a he's a he's a oh shamalamios. Yeah, <laughs> they are shamios. Shamios. <laughs> <laughs> so, but um, what we are doing is we are specifically giving them a, and we're going to rank them at the end. We're gonna we're gonna actually okay. like detail and rank them. But um, but uh, for these little interior segments, we are rating them on their um, screen time. Like how long is he? At? It's it's on a scale of one one to five well, how last week is- y'all y'all really oh dove in. It, was <laughs> it was a full it was a it was full fives last week it was all fives um but um but yeah on a uh, rated on screen time like how much is he actually on screen and plot relevance how important is his character to the overall okay. plot of what we see so nathan and i'll go first give you a moment to to kind of think about it for for old nathan i'm coming i'm coming to you it's one what to five to- it's one yep. to five, one to five, okay. five being the most, this is the, the highest of this. Um, okay. Okay. So Nathan, what would you give M Knight's presence on old for screen time? Uh, Go ahead and I do mean, both actually. Yeah. Yeah. It's still, it is nothing will be lady in the water. Um, no, no. But uh, I mean, he's still pretty visible and, and whenever Shammy is, full face to camera is, is is worth noting and and points should be awarded for it so on screen time i think i'm gonna go with a three a three all right all right okay and, and what plot, would you i'm in? sorry with plot yeah. relevance um uh there so i'm i'm hedging for the future here uh so i'm gonna go two on plot relevance he is integral to the architecture of the bigger picture but he is not himself the kind of figurehead so you know no okay all right there is relevance but it is not top so uh um completely perhaps unsurprising maybe surprising those of us on the conversation but you actually gave the same numbers that i would give i would give his screen time about a three it's it's you know he's he's pretty visible pretty present and plot relevance, I was going to go for uh, a two um, as well because I feel like those those numbers are kind of kind of right for how he, his actual uh, on screen time and presence in this. You know what we didn't do last week mm. is when we were talking about servant, we didn't acknowledge the shamio in episode one of servant, uh, which was you know very small. But oh anyway, yeah, he one? is. He's what like delivering it? food, right? Yeah, he was mm. he was delivering the box very very early on. He's he's For literally box, says yeah, no yeah. lines. Yeah, I think he says yeah. just one line when he's like thank you when he signs it off on it. But anyway, okay. Mm-hmm. So, but here we are with old. So Jackson, hopefully you you kind of catch the spirit of what this is. Screen so time, give relevance, screen plot. time, and plot relevance. I uh, I'm gonna go with three again on screen time. I think that that okay. pretty well sums it up. I'm gonna give him a three on plot relevance too, though. Okay, uh, got it. 
For one thing, I, I was thinking about this today. I think he's actually Idlib's uncle. Oh, you think he's Idlib's uncle? I think he is Idlib's uncle. I don't think that the 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 guy that uh, purports to be the resort manager is. Because, I mean, uh, there's no physical resemblance at all there. Um, you know, mm. Idlib looks more like Shyamalan than he looks like. Uh, Interesting. You know. It's a twist. Yeah. But it's I don't know. That's just, that's just my speculation. Yeah. Hey, you know what? I, so. I, I I can see it. I can absolutely see it. Well, that means that. Uh, well, he says, because Idlib says, my uncle doesn't like the coral. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. if Shyamalan is the guy that's out there like every week or however often yeah. they do these experiments, he's the one that's like filming this and keeping an yeah. eye on everything. You know, he would be the one with opinions about the coral, wouldn't he? Yeah. No and joke. you only put him at a three for plot relevance? Oh, come on. Well, that's <laughs> no, I'm, just speculating. I'm just saying. I'm just speculating. I don't know. I, it's, it's, it's I feel speculation. like the text sort of supports wow, dude. speculation. Fine. Wow. I'll give it a four. I'm- I'll give it I would, a I would, I would, I'm with Jackson on this one. Reader, are you, <laughs> are, you uh, are you keeping track? Reed? Bump it up to a four. I am. Okay, so even with the bump up to a four, that means that we give uh, this Shamio a two point seven five, uh, which rounds up to you know to to an almost three for uh, out of five on the uh, on ye old Shamio meter. So we're gonna have to <laughs> gonna have to keep track of these one over one and 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 remember when we rate it uh, when we rate it later. But um, but now to the more relevant, more familiar uh, metric to our listeners, that of the fog meter. Um, on with our fog meter, we rate the films not on their quality or recommendability but on their gravity how heavy are they how scary are they how substantive are they uh how much are they going to ask of you the viewer um so uh, on the fog meter jackson you're very well acquainted with the fog meter so i'm gonna let you go first this mm-hmm. round is our guest um so what would you give old on the fear measurement one to ten for the fog meter yeah oh on the on the fear scale this is like a nine for me okay gotcha i yeah. find this movie absolutely terrifying if nothing but just its conceit sure you know sure yeah. uh the the whole idea of time and it like i said it's a body horror movie mm-hmm. it's yep. Shyamalan's twist on the body yeah. horror genre but it is of course there. and uh that's one of the scariest genres and this movie i think i think you know clunkiness aside i think it does that part well you know gotcha yep Nope, I get it. I get it. Okay, Nathan, what would you give it for the fear measurement? Hmm. I'll go eight. I mean, I, I I largely agree with what you're after there, Jackson. And in in a lot of ways, this is probably top tier horror from Shyamalan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Know, like. Oh yeah. You know, I'm thinking of uh, maybe the visit. Yeah. Um, I just had one in. Uh, I as we'll get to this movie uh but even the imagery of the happening i think would put it up yes you know mm-hmm. sure upper upper level so so yeah i mean i think eight is pretty fair for old on the fog yeah. meter on the fear metric <laughs> Uh, we're doing a little stair step down here. I'm going to land at a seven on it, but for largely the same reasons, like it doesn't quite get under my skin the same way that, mm-hmm. uh, Jackson has described, but, but I will say that like, I cringe a lot during the movie. Like I, mm-hmm. I will, I will sort of like, you know, especially like during the mention, during the scene I mentioned with the doctor slicing and dicing and everything. So, uh, but seven for me is where I'll land. You mean, you mean it didn't put you over the edge when it's like, Hey, everyone put your hands in this open incision. Oh, oh, gosh. So that was, we didn't even talk about that. And and so giant. Right. 
cranial sized tumor. <laughs> yeah. And then they just pull like another brain out from her belly. Um, so, uh, so yeah. So for the God meter, uh, we'll snake back around the other way and Jackson, I'll let you close this off. But uh, for the God meter, I uh, like so many of his, l- l- the films of his that work not quite as well. <laughs> Clunky way to say that. But uh, I, I really interested in the ideas at play. Um, and I don't know that he necessarily slows down enough to give them the breadth and the depth that they need. Uh, so in this case, I'm going to go with a five for old. Um, Nathan, what say you on the God meter? I think if I view this as a horror movie with some interesting uh, big ideas in it versus a big idea movie with some horror trappings, I think I can be pretty generous to it. Like, you know, it, uh, it is baked into the conceit itself. Um, I will agree how well those uh, stitches get cinched up uh, is, is a bit negligible, but so I'll, I'll go with a six um, okay. on the God right. meter here. All right, Jackson, bring us home. What would you give it for the God meter? Well, first of all, I promised myself I would say this on the show. Because I got y'all to talk about this movie. So in the words of everybody's favorite cartoon baby, victory is mine. So, <laughs> uh, you can, I, you I can edit that out that in, part, Reed. Uh, no, I'm, I'm not going to edit out family. It was a joke. That said, yeah. <laughs> that said, yeah, I, you know. It is a it is a it is a clunky movie. It doesn't delve as deeply into its ideas as it it maybe wants to do. Um, I don't fault it. I still really enjoy watching it, and I have loved having this conversation about it. Yeah, uh, yeah. it's like it's a six on yeah. the God okay. scale. Yeah, yep, I got gotcha. you. So that means that the fog meter we officially. I mean, not for nothing, we're giving it a seven on the fog meter. Mostly, you you know, weighted on its fear there. But uh, yeah, we give it a seven on the on the fog meter. Um, Jackson, I'm going to end with you because I think everybody kind of knows your answer. We're going to start with you, Nathan. (laughs) The the other question is, uh, would you recommend old to people? Maybe surprising you. Yeah. I mean, I think I think it's I think it's messy. Um, So it wouldn't be a recommendation from a thoughtfulness factor. It'd be a recommendation Mm -hmm. from like this is a, you know. It was a good little horror flick, um, mm-hmm. and it, and it, and again, as we've mentioned more than once, it's it's beautifully shot, um, mm-hmm. and so you know it moves. It's got some en- energy to it. Uh, it looks great. Um, again, despite its messiness, so I, I, I guess I this is damning with faint praise, perhaps, but it's it's not like a full heart like go for it, but it is a like no, that's that's a pretty good pretty good flick and 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 worth checking out. All right. Uh, my recommendation for it is largely the same as my recommendation for Lady in the Water, which is I'm like, if you like what Shyamalan serves up, see old. I mean, it's very much a Shyamalan film. Mm-hmm. Um, it exhibits Jackson. I love the way you put it. Like, uh, you know, basically like it, all the traits that he has to offer are on display here. They may or may not, you know, have the same returns for you. But if you like what he offers, then then there it is. I don't necessarily I wouldn't necessarily recommend old to non-Shyamalan fans. I don't think this is a oh, film yeah. that, that transcends his canon and catalog, but if you are making your way through his films or if you enjoy his movies, yeah, check out old, uh, you, you know, who knows? You might uh, get some good chills and frights out of it as we've all uh, kind of indicated. And maybe a moment or two, we're like, Oh, that was cool. 
Um, so yeah, that's, that's my thoughts on that. Jackson, do you recommend old? Oh, absolutely. Uh, I mean, we didn't really talk about the cast of this movie that much, mm. but the cast is great. Vicky creeps, yeah. Gael G- Garcia Bernal. We talked about Rufus yeah. Sewell, Thomas and McKenzie. Come on, Jim Leon. Yeah. They're all, yeah. they're all fantastic and they're given stupid dialogue and they somehow <laughs> still sell it. Yeah. Uh, Alex Wolf true. from Hereditary. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's great for his point. Uh, foggy nominated uh, actress, uh, Thomas and McKenzie. Uh, yeah. So, yes, yes. Put some indeed. respect on that name. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So, so there you have it, uh, ladies and gentlemen. So that uh, concludes another episode of Do the Twist. Do the, Do twist. the twist. Come on, Jackson. <laughs> Do the twist. <laughs> so, um, so what we're going to do next week is um, we're going to be changing things up a little bit. When we said Shamalamarama, we mean it. And listen, we have covered a handful of his films already. But part of the advantage of doing Shamalamarama is we can revisit them to a certain degree. So here's what we're going to do. Ladies and gentlemen, next week. So you'd say maybe having... a second time. Around oh, the look at that. Oh, look boy. At that. Don't say that two times too fast. So, um, but, uh, but what we're going to do next week is we are going to, first and foremost, we are going to conclude season one of Servant. So if you are watching Servant as we cover it, finish season one. We're going to be sort of briefly uh, discussing episodes seven through 10 and having a general discussion about season one as a whole. But also as part of that same conversation, we are going to revisit... The Village, which is a film that we have loved before. We did a whole episode about yeah. it, so we're not devoting a whole new... My heart just fluttered hearing you say yeah. that. So, so, uh, so next week, uh, in addition to season one, uh, we are also going to be having a kind of a redux, a refreshed conversation. See how we feel about it uh, a few years after the last conversation we had. Does it still hold up? Maybe we watch it again and maybe we don't feel the same way. Maybe we feel even more in love with it. I don't know. We'll see what happens. But next week... Season one of Servant, concluding conversation and revisiting the village on the next installment of Shamalamarama. As we say on every episode, the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom, but not the end of the conversation. And in that spirit, we encourage you to fear nothing else and be on your way rejoicing. Jackson, thank you so, so much for being here. Thanks for having me back. Oh, I've done a hat trick already this year. I've been on this is my third appearance. Hey, look at that. Look at that. 2023. That's Lest right. we forget, Foggers, do the twist and send it to do us. I yes. want to see it. And uh, that's all it's I got. Wonderful. So I guess I'm going to yeah, send all wonderful. my kids out for cake. <laughs> oh, Nathan, thank you again. See As you always, time. listeners, thank you. We'll see you next week. Bye, everybody. The fear of God is the beginning of wisdom, but not the end of the conversation. And you can continue the conversation in a variety of ways. Start by visiting thefearofgodpodcast.com for links to our social media, essays, and episode archive merchandise and more. If you love what we do, please consider becoming a patron by visiting patreon.com slash thefearofgodpodcast. There you'll unlock exclusive bonus episodes, extended standard episodes, online event access, and so much more. We want to issue a special thanks to Jacob Hunt of TracerMatula.com for our artwork, also to our assortment of talented musicians, including Andrew Nelson, The Island Family, and Jackson Harper for our varied show tunes, and also to Lee Wright, who helped me, Reed Lackey, write our theme music. Special thanks also to Tyler Smith at MoreThanOneLesson.com. 
Lastly, be sure to subscribe to us on your podcast platform of choice. And if you listen to us through Apple Podcasts, we would greatly appreciate a rating and a review. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next week. Hi, everybody. <laughs>